As many of you know, I was born and bred in Sydney, but over the past 13 years, I've grown very fond of this city, especially its great people. And what I've learned in my time here is that Melbourne is an even better place to live when your AFL team makes the grand final. <laughs> Last year was one of those years for me, the Sydney Swans made the grand final and it all looked so promising, so hopeful, until the game actually began, right? <laughs> For those who don't follow AFL, last year's grand final was a very one-sided affair, embarrassingly so. From the opening siren, the poor old swans were being literally mauled by the cats. But I kept hoping, you know, as I was watching that grand final, I kept believing that they would come back, right? I'm like, it's three goals, you know, it's five goals, come on. It's eight goals, <laughs> nine. <laughs> What's an extra goal, you know? <laughs> then came that dreaded moment when I had to accept that the lead was just too big. That my team were at that point of no return. That's the moment, isn't it? When suddenly all hope dies because you know there is no way back. The proverbial uh, nail is in the coffin. As we probably know, these moments don't just happen on the sporting field. We all experience this point of no return in our everyday lives too. We find ourselves in situations that we believe we cannot come back from. Situations that rob us of hope, that drain the joy out of our life. But the good news in God's word today is that it, it is, it's in that point of no return. It's in those situations that seem unredeemable that God reveals his distinctive power in our lives, that God does his greatest work. Our first reading today comes from a time in the Old Testament when the nation of Israel were living in exile and it was a, a time of great loss. They'd lost so much, not just their land, but, but their place of worship, their businesses. Everything that they tied their identity and their security to had been stripped away from them. After all that loss, they began believing that they were at a point of no return. And they began languishing. Many of them just gave up on life. They just existed. That's what happens when our losses start to stack up in life, where we don't attend to them. They, they slowly wear away our hope and our, our vitality. We, we, began, we begin to lose our capacity for awe and wonder and curiosity. We stop learning and growing and dreaming. We just exist. The prophet Ezekiel described these people in exile as dry bones, living in graves. Don't know if you can relate. All of this looked and sounded pretty hopeless. But as we heard today, it was at that very point of no return. It was in this great loss that they were experiencing that God actually found them 
and then invited them into a new reality. He said to his people, I'm now going to open your graves. I'm going to raise you from your graves, my people, and lead you back to the soil of Israel. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. God promised his people that he would redeem what seemed to them to be unredeemable. He would restore their losses, their land, their identity, their meaning, which is exactly what God went on to do. Now we see an even more dramatic example of this reversal in our gospel today. Jesus got word that his friend Lazarus was sick and then after a few days that Lazarus had died. And death, of course, is the ultimate point of no return, is it not? To the rational mind, there is no returning from death. Death has the final word. And that was exactly what people thought about Lazarus. By the time Jesus arrived, he'd been dead four days. His body was starting to decompose and smell. The the gospel writer was making it very clear to us today that humanly there was no way back. There was no hope for Lazarus. But once again, that was exactly where God showed up in that point of no return. And did you notice that God did through Jesus what he promised to do hundreds of years before through the prophet Ezekiel? He raised Lazarus from his grave. He overcame the power of death. He redeemed what seemed unredeemable. He opened Lazarus to a new reality through that point of no return. Two stories, two examples of God bringing people back from that point of no return, from loss and death. And not because they deserved it, but just because that's who God is. A loving, merciful saviour and redeemer. As you listen to these stories, what do you think God might be saying to you? Here's what I think God's saying. I want to pull you out of your graves too. I want to breathe new life into your dead bones too. I don't want any part of your life just existing. I want to redeem all those experiences of loss and death that you are carrying so that you can step into your fullest life once again. See, in this story, Lazarus is really representative of all of us. His death symbolises not just our physical death, which we will all have to face one day, but, but also the many losses and deaths that we experience throughout life. Those circumstances that we feel have reached a point of no return, that, that rob us of hope and vitality. Maybe it's a particular relationship that has broken down or a certain financial situation that you're in. Or maybe it's your lingering grief over the loss of a loved one or or an unrealised dream. Maybe it's your challenges with your own physical and mental health. Whatever the loss and death is that you carry, however hopeless the situation may seem, the promise of the gospel today and, and the gospel 
uh, as a whole is that God always has the final word. Any situation can be redeemed. And not just one day in the future, but beginning right here and now. Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, yeah, I know, Lord. I know he will rise again on the last day. That's what they believed, right? The last day, the just will be redeemed. Then Jesus responds with probably the most important words in this big, long gospel passage. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. Jesus is saying to Martha, right now, through me, your brother can receive the redeeming power of God. I have the authority to put breath back into his lungs, to raise him from his grave. See, bringing Lazarus back from the dead was Jesus' way of showing us where to go, where to find the grace that heals and redeems all the losses and deaths in our life, even those situations that we think are at the point of no return. Now, does this mean that Jesus will make all of our losses and deaths just disappear? He will solve all of our problems? Of course not. The way that God usually redeems us is that he meets us in our losses, in our deaths. What usually happens is that God uses those situations to change us, to give us a new perspective, a new frame, a new way of understanding and responding to our challenges, to our losses and grief. You see, redemption always begins in here, but sometimes the change that happens in here also helps to change the circumstances out there. But even if our circumstances remain the same, God will still use them as a way of leading us into a new reality, into a new life, a new hope, a new joy, if we allow him to. The sad reality is that sometimes we don't allow Jesus to redeem us because we don't really want to be redeemed. We'd rather just keep complaining, yeah? Keep playing the victim. We, we, sometimes we just find it quite comfortable there. But if you do want to open yourself to the redeeming power of God, which is what the Easter season is all about, I want you to notice that Jesus only gave Martha one condition. He said, do you believe? Do you really believe that I can bring your brother back from the point of no return? He said, if you believe, you will see God's glory. She says, yes, I believe that you are the Christ. You have authority, and so I will not put limits on what you can do. Are you putting limits on what God can redeem in your life? Is your belief in Christ and his power limited to what you think is possible, what you think God wants to do or can do, or are you willing to give God free reign over your life? I want to finish with our psalmist today because um, he makes it really practical for us. Listen to him. He's crying out to God and he says, 
Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. You see, we need to believe not just from here, but from the depths, from our lived reality. We need to go to those places of no return, those situations that are robbing us of hope and life, and from there, from that place, put our hope and our faith and our trust in Christ. From that place, we need to listen to the words that Jesus is speaking over our lives. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.